Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Fort Road Victory Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or get connected, please head to our website at frvc.ca. Now on with the sermon. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you again for joining in. Six months. We're into this now. And, you know, when you look in the horizon and you look at the news and you look at everything that's happening with school starting, uh, I don't think we're going to be looking at going to things that were once was, right? We're probably not going to go back to what it was. There isn't a new normal. There's just a new, really is what it is. So if you remember back in January, the first Sunday of January of this year, and I brought up on stage a few people to uh, give a prophetic word that they had felt that the Lord was on, you know, speaking to them about. Um, I want you to go back to that. and It's on our YouTube channel and take a listen to it. I think it's an opportunity for us to always look back and to see what God was saying. Did we miss it? Did we, was he trying to warn us of this that, that we're in right now? You know, the link is going to be posted in the description here. But I want you to watch that message and listen to the, those prophetic words and see if it lines up to where we are today. That message was called, Out with the Old, In with the New. So in light of that, I was thinking this week, God, again, I want to know, I mean, this is six months into it. Did you warn us? Did we have any kind of inkling as the body to, to know that this was going to be happening? Um, did you say something that we just didn't hear? You know, and again, every January we come to this time, it's a new year and we're praying for God to do a new thing. Well, did you think 2020 was the answer to your prayers? I mean, especially when we were so glad that 2019 was over and we, we passed it. And, you know, here we are. We're in late August of 2020 and we're, we're right in the thick of it. Let me go back to a scripture that we always look at when, when God is trying to show us something new at the beginning of the year. It's found in Isaiah forty three nineteen, And he says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Think about this for a minute. If you were to look at what is happening today, would you or could you say that God is doing a new thing now? I think for a lot of us, we're still trying to figure out, God, what are you doing, right? With all that this pandemic has exposed and it's shut down, the lives that have been lost, the jobs that have been lost, the rioting all over the world, businesses that have been affected, schools, churches, it's hard to believe that this is part of God's plan to do a new thing. What if God was truly trying to tell us something about changing the way church behaved or how we presented Jesus Christ to the rest of the world? You know, during this time on earth, Christ's time on earth, one of the things that he was good at was pointing out how religious people needed to change their thinking and their practices because they, they would just become simply rituals and religious rituals without any meaning or personal sacrifice that didn't even require any faith. So it's really being aware that we can either be living a spiritual life dictated by how others see us or how we want them to see us, or it's a life of authenticity, authenticity of faith that is motivated by truly wanting to know and have a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, the person Jesus Christ. So Jesus used parables or stories to teach us, to teach people who were stuck in their thinking. And parables were a good way of remembering the lessons that he taught. It exposed the religious and it challenged the unbelievers because they didn't understand. 
So I want to look at Luke chapter 5, verses 36 to 39. Actually, I'm going to go back to 33. So I'm going to read and, and just pay attention to this, this parable. So it says in verse, verse 33, One day, some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Jesus responded, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined, and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts on new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Now, obviously, this is a parable or a story, and fasting wasn't the issue. Of course, fasting is good and healthy when done properly, because it does draw us closer to God, and God gets more of our heart. But done improperly, you just lose weight, you're miserable through it, and you love to tell people that you're fasting so that they can marvel at your incredible self-discipline. So really, you're not better off if you don't fast properly. So again, Jesus wasn't against fasting. He was against people trying to incorporate something new with an old mentality that they had, old mindsets. And what Jesus was referring to was that he came to bring a new covenant. A relationship with followers, not just a set of old rules and the old sacrificial system that was in place prior to his life. John's disciples are trying to figure out why Jesus and his disciples weren't performing the old traditional rituals. And Christ tried to explain to them how he came to replace the old wine, the old system. And that capacity they had to hold the new wine wasn't capable because it was still an old system. So basically he was telling them, you can't get new results with old behaviors. It's either go with the new or stay stuck with the old, but you can't mix them together. And we know this definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. It doesn't work. So Christ uses this comparison of the old and new wineskins. You know, back then, it was common for people, travelers, to carry a goat wineskin, whatever the wineskin would have made, been made of, some kind of leather, to, to hold a person's refreshment, whether it was wine or water. Today, well, we carry water bottles or we carry these glass things that hold our water and our drinks in it. Tough and they're metal and they're insulated and they're all sorts of colors and sizes. But back then there was no plastic, there was no metal. Just a new piece of leather that was sewn together to carry wine. So when the wine is new and it's allowed to sit, it begins to ferment. It bubbles and expands and as the gases are released through the process of fermentation. A fresh wineskin can absorb the expansion and slowly age so that the wine is fermented and that process is complete inside that wineskin. So now, put fresh wine into an old wineskin, that's risky, right? The old used wineskin has already taken on a definite shape from the previous wine it held, and it's no longer pliable or flexible, so it can become somewhat brittle. The activity of the new wine will stress it beyond its ability to adapt. And so both the wine and the skin are lost because ultimately that skin will burst. Again, Jesus is saying we can't put new ideas into old mindsets. You can try, but they don't work for long. Let me take a, an example, one, one we use every year, beginning of the year. It's in our Western culture. Weight loss, right? We see this at the beginning of every year in January. 
Everyone is gung-ho about weight loss, going to the gym, feeling healthy. But when we're challenged with having to eat better, suddenly we can't let go of some of those bad eating habits. We want to lose the weight. We want that new for sure. But the mindset is still there. You know, the late snacking, the sugary cereals, uh, more portion control than we need, than we want, right? So here we are trying to put on new wine on trimming down to the old mindset of poor eating habits. And what happens? A lot of us fail. We can't get new results with old behaviors. And boy, that is ringing so true today in our churches. We are in a new era. We truly are. With the limitations, the restrictions, and shutdown of many churches and pastors having to rethink how to do church so that it can be relevant to our culture now. This is new. This is really new. And it's not a new normal. It's just new. And so I think about this. And Jesus came to do this new thing in us. And sometimes we can look at Jesus and just add him to what we already know what to do. It's like an addition to what we do to think that we can be acceptable to God. So Jesus was telling them that he came to bring them something that was completely new. He wasn't something they could simply tack on or add like a patch or to a garment, right? He came to turn things inside out and upside down and just completely do away with the old and bring in something new. Because really, ultimately, a lot of us, we try to add Jesus to what we already believe. Our church loves its cafeteria buffet-style religion, right? Where people can pick and choose how to make themselves feel close to God. And Jesus, unfortunately, he's just become another dish. The world, the church, it's been shaken during this pandemic. And we're trying desperately to go back to what was. And I think Christ is saying that that was an old wineskin. It's time to replace that wineskin. And our response, unfortunately, for a lot of people, Jesus, stop trying to shake me out of my comfort zone, right? And we come up with all these reasons. The church needs to open because that's where we find you, right? I need to go to a building because that's where the church is. I need to sing songs because that's what worship is. A church service should only be one hour, right? I don't share my faith with strangers because that's not my personality or that's someone else's gift. I don't like to pray out loud, but I sure love to sing. Digital Bibles aren't the same as hardcover Bibles. I don't like to sing, so I'll show up when the preaching starts. We need to stand when we sing to God. The church needs to speak in tongues more. I can list it. There's more. The children's ministry should be more Bible-based. The youth need to do more Bible studies. The pastor needs to do this. The pastor shouldn't do this. It's exhaustive. But this is what we've come to, and I believe that God, Christ, really is shaking us up to try and get rid of some of that stuff that we've created over the years, over the years of ministry, over the years of trying to define what church should look like. And he's shaking us up so that we would look outside of that box, of the box being a building. Go back to the parable. The disciples of John were really criticizing Jesus for choosing ordinary men and women to follow him, right? And the men he chose... They were uneducated, no theology backgrounds. And so Jesus replies, you know what? It's better to choose these uneducated guys who are obedient to being stretched than to work with the religious who have it figured out and are not willing to learn anything new anymore. You see how we can get religious and God is using this pandemic to shake us, to get rid of that religious spirit. You know that verse where Jesus says to Peter in Matthew chapter 16, he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. 
and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Well, some people believe that hell released COVID upon the earth. Hell is not responsible for COVID. We've had many viruses and bacteria in the past, and we're going to discover more new ones to come. And as our technology and our science and our medical knowledge, you know, grows and expands, so does our ability to detect the ones that we couldn't detect before. I don't believe that God is responsible for this pandemic, but I know he surely is using it to shake the religious, shake the repulsive, shake the judgmental, the uncaring, the comfortable, the complacent attitudes out of the church, you and I. So what? So that he can do a new thing. We are his new creations, right? But we've been stuck in old mindsets. And maybe that's the new thing that he's doing. Getting rid of, that, getting rid of the stuff that has made the church kind of set apart from the rest of the world. Uninviting to believers and unbelievers alike. He wants to do a new thing, but not without us on board. Because we are the church. So he wants to do a new thing in us. We're looking for him to do a new thing in the world, to do a new thing in our in our church, in our in our in the way we we do things with government and education. No, he wants to do a new thing just in us, and I think that that's where we're at. Think back to prior to COVID, right? Church was going well, so we thought, right? All of a sudden, what was is no longer effective, nor is it something that people are wanting to go back to. We're seeing that. When you see the statistics that less than 40% of the people who were going to church are going to church or have returned to church, right? That's, I don't know, that's sad. That's, that's just the reality, right? So God is allowing COVID to sift us, to make church horribly uncomfortable. You and I, it's making us very uncomfortable in our jobs, in our families, in our homes, in our social circles. He's trying to deploy us out of the building and into the world. I really do believe that. If you haven't figured that out yet, I know you will. Because here's the, the possibility. This could go on quite a bit longer. And how are you going to deal with that? Are you just going to sit and wait until everything gets comfortable? Or are you going to realize, no, this is how church is going to look like. And I'm the church and I need to mobilize, right? Because we need to consider whether we are really putting new wine into old wineskins and patching up garments with new patches because that's what it's like when we try to tack jesus onto our lives how often do we try to maintain the old ways of of this world while still including jesus on the side uh, and we've sung amazing grace till the cows come home and yet we still live up to our old mindsets living our lives up to us our interpretations of the scriptures our revelations of how things should be and so like i look at Second Corinthians five seventeen, and it's so true, doesn't it? This makes sense now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. I mean, he's saying again what Jesus has said. The old mindset is gone. We've got to stop trying to go back to the old mindset to try and bring back what we think should be normal, what we think should be how things are. A new life has begun, and that new life has to be dependent on Jesus Christ. Because we've got to stop reaching for the old mindsets in this day and age of, of COVID. We've got to trust that God is allowing what's happening. It's new. And he has equipped us with wisdom and knowledge for succeeding during this time. Right? Those of you who are still watching, wondering about this Jesus that we believe in, that you're hearing about, well, he's here for you too. 
He came to give you a new heart, new values, new mindset. Jesus didn't come just to patch things up in your tattered lives. He came to give every one of us completely new ones. And it says in Ezekiel, we don't just need a band-aid to fix our hearts. We need a brand new heart altogether. Let me read it for you. It says, and I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. Because think about this. When you don't have the heart that Christ wants to give you, then you're just spinning your wheels, trying to adjust to everything new. And that becomes very stressful. Like you see it all over the place, right? And so instead of hanging on to the peace that he can give you, we're looking for things that we can hang on to, something that's valuable, something that we've created, something that is truly something that we've made of our own. But he wants to give you peace through any storm. So if I were to understand Romans 8.28, and I want to read this for you, right? And it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes for them. Then I guess it is all part of his plan. Even though he didn't create it, he's still using this COVID pandemic to accomplish and bring us in alignment to his overall plan that he has for us. So whether you're going through this and trying to still figure out when things are going to settle down and become normal, I think we have to think that God is doing this so that the normal is us being mobilized to really spread his word. You know that there's still fear out there. You know that. You can see it in people when you still shop and, and people are wearing the mask. The, the, the fear is evident. You, can, you don't even have to pull the mask behind. You can see it on their eyes. And so he's causing us, the church, you and I, believers and followers of Jesus Christ, to go out and minister peace to where there's peace has been taken away. And what does that mean? Bringing Jesus into the situations. Being able to pray for people. Being able to say, hey, it's going to be all right. Or being able to say something positive behind the mask. Boy, it's hard to tell what people are thinking when, you, when they're wearing a mask. But we can say something to them. To encourage them right so God is doing a new thing yeah we've got to stop trying to look back and say well no the old way was working I think God truly did say the older way isn't working it worked for a while but it's time to shake things up so that something can happen for the glory of God I hope you're encouraged I hope you still are praying and reading his word and you're still staying connected with people um, let us know we want to pray with you we want to be able to help you if there's any way we can but during this time it's really trying to figure out and trying to understand that yeah this is a new wine skin we're living in there's a new wine that's been poured out and it's not COVID it's how can we minister to the world right now during this really strange phase of our society, of where we're at in 2020. Because we didn't picture this in January. We were so glad that 2019 was over, but I don't think any of us bargained for what we're seeing right now. But God knows. And if he knows, and we just got to trust him, that he's trying to bring out something new right now. And we're right in the midst of it. Don't expect it to go back. I expect that we're going to do things quite a bit differently. And it's going to be with God's leading. God's provision and God's peace and guidance. And guess what? Holy Spirit is still here. So guess what that means? It's going to be with God's power. 
Would you bow your heads with me and pray? Father, I thank you. I pray that you would just search our hearts where we've tried to contain, continue and contain this new wine and old wineskins in old mindsets, in religious tradition. You're showing us it's not working. You're asking all of us to do a heart change, to truly understand what it means to be new in Christ. We've, we've just let that verse kind of sink in, but now this is an opportunity truly to live it out, to trust you, to understand that when you called us, when you received us, you've also equipped us. We don't need to rely on the things that we know. We don't need to rely on things that are comfortable for us. We can trust you by faith and to know that you have everything in your hands. And God, you are leading us to something great we believe it. We know that all the words that were spoken back in January speak of something good that you have. And we hang on to that for the church, for every person who calls themselves the church. Lord, would you just continue to work in the hearts of those who are still questioning whether or not you're real. Jesus, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. Reveal the great love that you have for us. That you demonstrated that love even while we were slapping you in the face and rejecting you, you died for us. You picked us and you chose us to be part of your family. I ask for grace and peace upon everybody listening now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed today and, you know, falls upon us. You can see it on the trees and in the air. It's pretty chilly at night. It's time to get rid of the gardens. It's time to put away the deck furniture pretty soon. But be encouraged. God is with us. You know, take a step out outside and, and, and start to realize that we're walking in something new. And God is calling all of us to get out of those old mindsets, out of those comfortable things that we were, we were so used to back before March. And he's saying, it's time to establish some new things, new thinking and draw on some new power and new grace that he has for us. God bless you. Have a great day. Well, we hope you got a lot out of today's sermon. If you'd like to connect with us, please feel free to check out our website at frvc.ca. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Have a great day, everyone.